Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our severe case of indecision and our completely biased opinions with Ian Tyler. You're listening to Sound Audits. How are we doing tonight, Tyler? Oh, I'm good. Better now that we have our hair cut. All yes. of their hairs cut. All of them. I am so glad that people in my family are willing to cut my hair because if not, I would. I'm, I was so shaggy. It was not. Good. <laughs> it's just not pretty. If not, it'd be a little hairier. And uh, I pray for all the people who don't have hair stylists in their home <laughs> because Most it must people. be getting miserable. Shout out to all the kids who can't get their hair cut. <laughs> anyway, tonight, because we, we are in fact recording this, this at night. Uh, we were supposed to record earlier, but Tyler was busy like a little bitch. Just kidding. I love you. So we're going to be talking about today. I guess I can let you talk about it a lot because you're very, very familiar with this band. But we're going to be, again, doing things differently because we like to try new things on this podcast. And this time, we're going to be doing a review of what we deem a, an essential album. An essential album from a while ago. It can be fairly recent. Just something that we deem to be essential to whatever genre that the album's from or music in general, music history, if we deem it important. So this is an idea that, well, I was playing around with the idea of structuring this differently, but we ultimately decided on just doing one at a time, just so it's easier to kind of digest everything and talk about everything instead of having to speed through all of our opinions on shit. And we thought that there would be no better place to start with this than Dinosaur Jr.'s classic 1988 album, Bug. And both of us feel that this is a highly underrated, understated, under-reviewed album. And Tyler, can you give us a little bit of info on the band? Because I know you've known about them for much, much longer than I have. Basically, in your childhood, wasn't the very first concert you ever went and saw a Dinosaur Jr. Jr. concert? Is the second I ever saw. Oh, that's my the first, second. Oh, my, first, okay. my first concert was Jay Maskus. Lead singer of <laughs> Dinosaur yeah. Jr. So basically Dinosaur Jr. Yes. <laughs> well, those were two very different experiences. Dinosaur Jr. Uh, yeah. is the loudest show I have ever seen. But the band was formed in 1984 by Jay Maskus, Boston, Massachusetts. They still write, record, do everything out of their hometown there, and they're very local people. They just walk around and chill out with fans, and they're big in their town, and everybody knows who they are. Austin is a pretty a pretty significant spot for punk music coming out of the 80s. Around that time, there was the grunge scene forming in Seattle. and Very, very early grunge scene. Before, but it was even grunge. Right. Dinosaur Jr. is kind of a toss-up mix of a lot of these different loud forms of music. And this bug is the third studio project by Dinosaur Jr. And I would say it's probably, it might be their most critically acclaimed album, if not in the top like two or three. It was definitely really well received by fans and critics, and it features the smash hit single "Freak Scene," which is by which far is of, Dinosaur yeah. Jr.'s largest song. Ah, they had the what was the 1994 the song? Yeah, feel that was their. I think that was their biggest song. But "Freak Scene" is up there. "Freak Scene" is one of my favorite alternative rock songs of all time. "Bug" is just a classic album, and it's everything that I enjoy about Dinosaur Jr. And Dinosaur Jr. had a weird 
they had two of the original members were Jay, Lou, and Murph. Um, Lou plays bass and Murph plays drums. And Lou and Murph, I guess uh, they had a falling out and they left for a while and they, they were replaced by other members of the band who were on short spurts and made appearances on albums and stuff. And they ended up coming back and now they, they had a big reunion in 2004, 2006, 2008, something, sometime around there and started making music again. And there was a weird, a weird mix of albums that came out that were not particularly highly respected received by anybody yeah so they they had that wait wasn't farm put out in that well farm was put out in 2004 wasn't it i think farm might have been the first one back okay i think i know that Um, one was pretty clearly acclaimed but either way the the goods of the band are featured on this album i would say and I'm just really excited to talk about it because it's one of my favorite and loudest albums to listen to. Yeah, I guess we can get into that. I'm excited to talk about it, so I'm excited for the new format. Are, you, are, are we are we good to just hop into things, I guess? It's not really much of a format. We're just going to talk about everything at yeah, once. Yeah, we'll just talk about everything. <laughs> we'll just impeach you all. It's fine. Are we ready? Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at this right now at the review scores. All Music gave it four and a half out of five. Drowned in Sound gave it four and a half out of five. Entertainment Weekly gave it an A minus. Mojo gave it a five out of five. Paste gave it a five out of five. Pitchfork gave it a seven point three. Fuck you, Pitchfork. Pop Matters gave it an eight ten. Alternative Record eight ten. Stylus Magazine eight. Uncut three out of five. That is a hot take. I don't know if I agree with you there, but I don't know either. Out of those, it's a pretty, it's a pretty highly. We get it. It's, rated. Yeah, it's we, good. It's good. I'm saying, <laughs> or at least it's widely accepted to be good. Yes. Um, before we get into the judging of music, I just wanted to get something out of the way. One of my proudest moments in the history of my lifetime is that when the band had been reunionized got reunited back, try that one reunionized when, <laughs> Re- you, go ahead the, go ahead when the band Spin got out. back together they played one show where they played the entire bug album and then a few of their hits and recorded it and put it out on vinyl dvd you could buy the show and i was there taken there by my father and it was, I was like 12. It was a crazy <laughs> experience. And I stood there the whole night with my fingers in my ears. And I could hear everything perfectly, but I, it was so loud. Just nuts. Like, absolutely nuts. And I have the vinyl, like, of the show I was at. And that's just a life accomplishment in itself. Yeah, really. And it is, it's just ridiculous. It's insane. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to humble brag for a minute here. No, it's fine. I know you have like a very, very long history with Dinosaur Jr. It's like a. I mean, it, it's not as extensive as somebody who grew up with them, and not as I extensive as your father's. Listening to them since the '80s, but like, yeah, I, I have listened to all of their albums. Um, I own like quite. I own a few of their albums, like physically, and. 
I'd love to see them again. They keep coming to our area and then for, like they're on school nights, so I haven't been able to go. But, I didn't know that. I'd love to go yeah. to one of their shows too. I just I I know my ears would bleed out. Yeah, if 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 you haven't guessed it already, this album is fucking loud. This album is one of the loudest albums. I know like on the rating scale, I think the number one, I believe the number one album, well, it's widely considered to be like the loudest album ever recorded was the Stooges Funhouse in like 1970 or something like that was deemed to be like the loudest recorded hmm. album or something like that. I looked it up at one point a while ago. Correct me if I'm wrong. And maybe that's just like one source. Maybe that's not like widely accepted or anything like that. But I compared that one to this one and it, it's, 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 it's baby food compared to a bug. Bug is, bug is the cow. Bug, bug, bug is the beef. It is the, <laughs> it's, it doesn't get much louder than bug. And that is something that I truly like about it. And we alluded to the fact that Dinosaur Jr. Uh, was heavily inspired by the punk and the start of the grunge scene in the early 80s. And let it be known that grunge as a genre did not see its, its full realization or its, yeah, its full realization until like the 90s or like the really late 80s was when genre, or when grunge was considered a genre, at least I believe. And Dinosaur Jr. was um, a big part in paving the way for that genre. Yeah. And it's like, they're one of the most underrated bands when it comes to that. A lot of times people attribute it to people like the Sonic Youth or the Pixies, bands like that. And while that is <laughs> worthy, they're, they're worthy of that title. So it was Dinosaur Jr. And Dinosaur Jr. is one of those bands that's kind of swept under the rug when it comes to that a little bit. And it's kind of sad because they did pave the way for quite a bit of that. And I can hear plenty of influences from punk, especially like some of the Brit explosion of the late 70s. Bands like Wire come to mind, at least for one of them. There's another one that I can't place right now, but I don't know. You I get don't, the idea. I don't they, want to they downplay. They were heavily inspired by punk. I don't want to downplay how big they are, though, because they're not a small band. They play world no. tours. When they yeah. go on tour, they play the US, they play Europe, they play Australia, Asia, everything. So, it just seems like Dinosaur Jr. is the least talked about when it comes to that sort of thing. Probably. Probably. And probably because as far as faces of music go, they're not the prettiest to look at. You know what I mean? I don't know. Also, Jay, Jay Maskis has some luscious locks. Oh, he's a gorgeous man. Also interesting, there have been many bands who have turned out to be massively popular who have been openers for Dinosaur Jr. in the past. The biggest of which Enlighten being... Me. The biggest of which being Nirvana. Nirvana opened for Dinosaur Jr. And if that doesn't give you if that doesn't give you a perspective on how much this band had to do with the grunge explosion of the nineties, then I don't I don't know what to tell you, man. Like that's that that's pretty on the nose. That's like this band basically babied Nirvana. It, they Nirvana was sucking on Dinosaur Jr.'s tit. Until Nirvana got big enough to stand on its own two feet, which is right. wild. Right. Because it didn't stay that way very long for Nirvana. Nirvana, after just a little bit, Nirvana went from, went from that and Kurt Cobain went to legend status in 2.2 seconds. So it, it's just wild that Dinosaur Jr. was kind of like the, the parent in that scenario. Right. And... Albeit, I'm going to say that Dinosaur Jr.'s influence is kind of 
just kind of by a force of nature because Dinosaur Jr. definitely grunge is a lot heavier and it's a lot darker than what Dinosaur Jr. were bringing to the table. Even though Dinosaur Jr. is one of the noisiest bands, like even more noise rock than some of the Sonic Youth stuff, it's... uh, I can see them influencing a lot of people into the mid-90s. People of the pop rock and alternative rock area of things. Bands like the Foo Fighters. Bands like Weezer, even, or the Smashing Pumpkins. I can hear just the the influence from Dinosaur Jr.'s kind of upbeat chord progressions, the very major but loud and distorted and ear-piercing brand of guitar tones that they brought to the table, even though that the Foo Fighters and Smashing Pumpkins nowhere nearly got as loud or as experimental as Dinosaur Jr., I can hear the influence in bands like them. And in Nirvana as well, even though Nirvana was definitely a lot more pessimistic uh, rather than moody, I guess. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. One of the things that I like most about this album is just how chaotic it is. The thing about it is, a lot of times albums, noise rock albums like this, there is some sort of rhyme or reason to the chaos. And a lot of times it's just unbridled. A lot of times the chaos on this album is just let let loose. It is, it is, reins are let go of and they are left to ravage your ears. All of everything about this album, from the drums to the screaming, screeching guitar tones. Everything about this will make your ears... And that's something about it that I love. It's one of those qualities about the record that's kind of endearing, and it's also kind of the, just the charm of the record, uh, just how raw this album is. Because what did you... You told me at one point how many amps they recorded this on or something like that. Like, it was just an entire room filled to the brim with stuff that they plugged their guitar into. And it was... It, it's just... I, I can't imagine the band not have having had hearing loss afterwards. So to start, the band records analog. So we'll go there. Second of all, they record I think I think Jay has a triple stack. So he has nine Marshall amps behind him. And I think that Lou who plays bass has th- three behind him. And also to point out just to the intensity and just sheer noise of this I've never watched a band. I can't think of another example of a bassist who does not play like with their fingers. The bass on all of the songs is straight strumming always. And that is the style of the bassist uh, Lou from Dinosaur Jr. If you watch videos of them playing, him and Jay are both strumming, trying to go faster than each other. It's just (laughs) ridiculous. One of the things that I think is kind of like, I don't know if understated is the word, but like that I really appreciate about Dinosaur Jr. is that, and there are exceptions to this occasionally, but the formatting of their songs is pretty much straightforward. In most cases. And that is verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo. Your classic rock song. Solo, 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 solo. And then chorus. They have some sick solos too. Some of the guitar work on this album is like, it's got the feel of a classic rock and roll song, like down and dirty class in the, like to its roots, a classic guitar solo, but it is far more just screaming and it feels very out of control. 
but in a good way. There's not a whole lot of examples that I can think of things being out of control in a good way. Like this is like, it's less of holding the reins on your chaos. It's more of putting the chaos in a room, closing the door, putting it under so many locks and keys and just saying, have at it. I think there's it's kind a lot of cool to see everything unfold. There's a lot of examples of songs that I can think of where the guitarist will go out on a solo and after 30 seconds, you're like, all right, all right, it's time to reel it back in. Like, come on, you had your, okay, that's enough. And then 20 more seconds going, you're like, Jesus Christ, somebody like turn this guy off. Not, <laughs> not the case with Dinosaur Jr. Like when he goes off, you just like, all right, shit, let him do his thing. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> we'll see you in two minutes. And you're just <laughs> along for the ride. And that's like, this is one of the albums that is the best prominent example of that for sure. I just love these songs. A lot of them are so well written. There's such a, it's like, it's, it's a tune that I could imagine going into a much like softer and more understated song, but they decided just to blast the hell out of them. And they're so happy go lucky and so like free and careless. And yet it is so fucking loud. (laughs) And the other thing that I love is that all of their music is so unmistakably them. Yes. It doesn't remind me sounds like anyone other than Dinosaur Jr. It's not that I don't get whiffs of genre similarities or bands who are also loud or it's not that. It's just, it's them. It's so them. And whenever I listen to their albums, even their new 2016 project, You're Living All Over Me, it's like, it's just a return of... I don't even know what to say. Just there's nobody that sounds the way that they sound. And I think a lot of that is also due to Jay Maskus and his voice. His vocals are very distinct. The way he the the way he uses his voice across the record, especially with just the underlying instrumentals, is something to behold. Dinosaur Jr. manages to simultaneously have one of the loudest sounds that I've ever heard and also be equally as moody thanks to jay mascus and his moody ass voice because his, he has a very understated voice he's very sits very low in the register but he also sings kind of from the back of the throat almost like he's on the verge of cracking up or like tearing up or something like that on the verge of tears constantly but there's something about his voice that's definitely very, very distinct. And it's probably one of the hardest things to get past in the music because a lot of times his voice gets a little buried in the mix. But again, that's part of the charm a lot of the time is just the, the chaos of this whole thing. So I don't know. His voice is definitely something. It's kind of hard to describe it though. Like There's almost points in the music where I don't know if the vocals are meant to be taken as wimpy. But there are time there are times where it comes across the persona of I guess what the lyrics are trying to convey, where it's it's kind of a beaten down it's coming almost from, defeated. It's coming, it's coming from a place of being feeling beaten down and yeah, defeated. And I think that his like his voice just just his voice embodies that feeling and that yeah, helplessness itself. almost. And that paired into the just the ferociousness of this mix is... It's something, man. It is. I think that in Dinosaur Jr.'s discography, this is as close to a masterpiece as they will reach. With that being said, this is not perfect. And I think that for me, it starts with Freak Scene being the 
magnum opus of the album itself. And it's like the first track. Yes. So it, after, you don't want to say everything's after, all downhill from there, but it kind of is. Not in a really bad way. It's not way major. Because the, it's not because major. the content it's not like following close. the content following is not bad. No. No. But you climax a little early on is what I'm trying to get at here. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like go ahead and read the book and the ending is first. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, I have to read the rest of this. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's a little different, but it's along those lines. The thing know? is, it's not like the material following it is it's not like a massive dip or anything like that it's just that freak sing is so goddamn good like yeah how are you gonna have an album like that i don't know ha- it, it's like a perfect song bold move bold it's move. like it, it is a 10 out of 10 song with the rest of these songs being 9 out of 10 or something like that and i don't think the rest of the songs are exactly 9 out of 10 i think they're i think that towards the end the album hits like a little bit of a lull uh in the track list i love the mix of genres they have on this album especially with some of like the acoustic almost kind of folky passages that they have on like pond song where the 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 acoustic guitar matches up with the focal line and everything i think that's so fucking sweet but then you have i don't know maybe my biggest gripe is like the ninth track the ninth track is a monstrosity and while i like aspects about it it is it, it is it's hard it's hard man I I was listening to it tonight on my way home from my piano lesson, and I I just had that thing on full blast, and my ears ring, my ears ring for minutes afterwards. No, not not even like half an hour. It's it, it, it is intense, and I like that sort of stuff. I love it. I, I I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But this song is five minutes of just the most demented noises that one as a human could possibly think of or endure. And Jay Maskus just sounds like he's ripping his vocal cords out. This is one of the few times on the, on the track list where he really just lets loose and he screams his nuts off. And it sounds like he's shredding some cords while he's doing it. And while I like the, the ferocity of the track it's a one trick pony. It's a repeated mantra of, I think it's, why won't you like me? Yeah, No, why don't you like me? And the walls of noise and the distortion are great, but there's little to no structure to the track. And I feel like it leans too heavily on the noise, which is one of the few places on this album where I think it does that. And I think it does that a little bit on the last track, even though I liked the last track a significant amount more. It's almost like this this album is 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 just an upward slope. If it's a if it's a line graph or whatever, the the trend is going up. I went two opposite ways with my hand, but that's fine. It's just an upward trend of let's see how fucking loud we can get by the end of this album. And if you wanted to be the loudest at the end of your record, you succeeded, J. Mascus and company, because my God, the wall of noise at the end is something to behold. And even it tacked on to one of the sweetest songs in the track. So it's kind of confusing. But I don't know. The ninth track is, I think, is definitely the biggest Achilles heel of this album. And the ninth track would definitely be the, the, the most difficult listen for just about anybody, I think. I think a lot of that, this I think a lot of this would be a tough listen for a lot of people. I yeah. really do. I mean obviously it's content, but I think it's uh 
it's not something you can prepare for and it's not really I something I would recommend I don't think it's something you can really dip your toe in, you know? Because Yeah, I mean, even if you go into freak scene like that shit's loud. Loud. Like brutally loud. Yeah. And I don't know if you can really describe that because people don't make music today that is loud in the way that that is. Yeah, not in that respect. If you're going to go into listening to this, which I implore you to do because it is it is an essential listen for anyone who's into the punk scene or into the alternative rock scene or anything. Uh, if you're just a music buff, go and fucking listen to it. But do not listen on the highest setting. For the sake of your ears, and I mean this with sincerity, do not, do, do not. Listen, listen to it a little softer. You're not going to miss much because it's loud as it is. Save your ears and save your ears. Please, your ears are important. <laughs> I just want to say real quick, Pitchfork might have redeemed itself. I've been reading their review, and they think that the girl who wrote the article, her name is Jess, Jess Harvell of Pitchfork, believes that Freak Scene is probably indie rock's greatest guitar performance and the band's greatest pop song. Mostly. I mean, indie, uh, the, the, the greatest guitar performance of any indie rock song ever that is that is that that's is a, a that's high a big bar. statement that is that is high that is that is a big that's like that's 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 big dickens gonna, you, those are big shoes to fill yeah that's big dickens yes that's laying big cock and balls on the field you're just flapping those nuts right onto the table and saying here i have your greatest song of all time and i mean it's one of my favorites so i don't have much of a gripe with that statement but I, I guess that's that's up to interpretation. The fucking, I don't know, the fucking vocal performance, everything about the performance of that track is incredible. The switch up in the chord progression and just the nuances of the track are incredible despite how loud it is. And I th- I'd say that that's just about the first half of the record. Like yeah. it's very, very loud and yet very nuanced and kind of soulful, kind of downtrodden. And Jay Maskus uh, and his guitar playing kind of make it what it is a lot of the times. It's It's... The thing, and a lot of times they don't use that as a crutch either. A lot of times he really just brings that much to the table in terms of his ability and everything. And I neglected to mention some. Sometimes I catch which I catch whiffs of math on this album and some J Mask or some Dinosaur Junior songs. I catch some math rock every once in a while, whether it be in like I, it's mostly in the solos. It's mostly in the solos, but Dinosaur Junior is also one of the. Uh bands that has an interesting writing process because jay actually writes pretty much everything and then the other two guys come in and lay it down because they technically play it better than him oh yeah he plays everything he was he was a drummer growing up and didn't pick up guitar until he was trying to join bands and everyone already had a drummer he was like all right, I got to learn a different instrument then. So he picked up guitar and that became his That's funny. his thing. But he's a hard drummer, like a hard drummer. He's nuts. Yeah. I don't know. I love the shit out of this album. Despite like, its flaws. Would you like to give a rating to it? I mean, it probably some be somewhere in the 9s. It's really good. Yeah, I'm thinking low 9 to yeah, maybe a 9-3. That's about what I'm nine point one to nine point three yeah. is about the range that I'm thinking of, and that's how much I like this record. Maybe maybe other people won't as much. I don't know. And I think the toughest thing to get past is definitely the way that Jay Mascus compliments these tracks, or the way that he 
moves on these tracks because he definitely gets buried. A lot of times what he says gets buried and it really is going to come down to how much you like the chaos of everything. And whether you like it or not, the chaos of this record uh, was predictive of a lot of different trends. And even just the songwriting was predictive of a lot of trends of the nineties. And again, I can hear it all over bands like Foo Fighters. So I'm, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, man. This album, this album's good. This album's really, really good. It's incredible. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for whatever their next thing is. Yeah, me too. They play a lot of shows though. So we will definitely be getting to one of those in the mm-hmm. future. I think that they played also Baltimore. listen to. I think they played Baltimore okay. twice last year. Well, shit, we got to catch one of those. I know they play Soundcheck too. It's a small place. It's also worth mentioning that Jay Maskus has some solo material that is much like folkier. It's much more singer songwriter. And for anybody who's into that sort of thing, maybe that's a good place to start instead of listening to this just jumping right in especially if you're not used to the harsh noise you can also find yourself a dinosaur jr highlight reel with their successful radio things like they haven't they haven't had a significant number of those but there's probably five or six really solid tracks that have that were very popular on mtv and radio and all of that so yeah do some digging Dude, I wish MTV was still a thing, like a legit thing. I don't know. There are reasons that things die out, Tyler. I know, but like, the, like if you could turn to a TV channel that's playing like music videos that are legit and good right now, like Dinosaur Jr. was back in the 90s, you just turn, turn to the MTV channel and freak scene music videos playing. There's also just YouTube playlists at this point. Yeah, but that's not the same. Thank you, Kanye. Very not cool. It's like streaming versus like holding the record in your hand. I guess so. Like yeah. no matter how convenient it is that I have YouTube in my pocket, it's just not the same as stumbling across it on TV. I guess so. You're right. There's something magical about that. Thank you for listening. Yeah, the p- point being go listen to this album because it's fucking incredible. Thank you for listening. We have been Sound Audits. You have been Sound Audited. Audited. <laughs> that's, Sorry. that's so dumb it's uh, very dumb I love it <laughs> we have episodes and if you would like to support us you can go to the link in our podcasting description and Instagram bio and the Instagram bio yeah I'm like so tired right now which if you're not following us on Instagram do it because we post updates frequently <laughs> be on the lookout for new content and we'll get around to it sometime because we've got plenty of content that we need to catch up on plenty of content that we feel that we need to release sooner than later and also plenty of new content that we want to get out as soon as possible so be on the lookout for new material coming to a streaming platform near you very soon always look for that we're 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 in our routine we'll 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 put out we, we put out <laughs> thank you all for date. listening <laughs> thank you all for listening we have been sound audits we will see you in the next one we're gonna go to sleep because i'm fucking tired no you're gonna do your homework big boy yeah i'm gonna do my homework you're gonna go to sleep and then i'm gonna go to sleep right
Shout out to all the college kids struggling to hang on to dear life at this point. I'm going to go eat some Reese's Puffs and then hibernate. Good night, guys. We love you. Good night. And gals. Peace and out. And everyone else, too. And gals. Peace out. And all of those in between. Yes. Peace out. <laughs>